morning to have all of you here in, the, in his presence. Amen. Oh, come alive. Amen. Oh, one more time. Amen. Amen. We want to move away straight to listen to the word of God. And this morning we are blessed. And let me say that in this wonderful meeting, we have all the elders present. And we have our new papa in the house. Oh, I thought you'd make some joyful noise unto the Lord. Our own father, Pastor Ebenezer, and Wakese and Mama Wakese are all in the house. Please put your hands together for them. Put your hands together for them. Yeah. And so this morning we will listen to the ministration from my own father when I went to the change of platform. I worked with him, a very meticulous person. He works with time and he is apt. His things are arranged in order. Oh, hallelujah. And this morning, we want to introduce to you Pastor Paul Danso from James McKeon Worship Center. Please, if you want to clap, that you want to clap well. Praise the Lord. May the peace of the triune God be multiplied to you all. I want to thank God for today. And today being a special day, we are commemorating the death of Christ because that's the day that um, he laid his life as an atonement and a ransom for our lives. So we want to commemorate this day in a solemn atmosphere. I want to speak to the team this morning when I see the blood. When I see the blood. In the next 25 minutes, I will be done. So you can go to the dine with the Lord this morning. We take our scripture readings, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. The Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 14. But for one to time, we'll read only 11 and 12 verses. Then 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. I'm taking all from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. Then the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the, that land to a good and a broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of, of the people of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 14, but I'm taking only the verse 
10 to 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 10 to 12. And you shall let none of it remain until the, the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. Verse 11. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Let's add the verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will be for you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Then 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, that that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Amen. I'm speaking to the team when I see the blood. The word blood occurs over 400 times in the scriptures. And any time the word blood is mentioned, it has gotten special meaning. And Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says that for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I've given it to you to make atonement for yourself on the altar. It is blood that makes atonement for one's life. This means that life is blood and blood is life. So if you don't have blood in you, it means you are not living. And there is something we call in theology the principle of first mention or the law of first mention. If you go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, when man has sinned, had fallen, God how to slaughter an animal and use their skin to cover him up. So the first mention of this word blood, it was connoting a sacrifice. That sacrifice is the use of an animal without blemish. And that without blemish in the Hebrew rendering means that it's a sacrifice that culminates on Christ. So the first mention of the word blood in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 means that God had an intention that at the end of the day, man will fall. And man has fallen already, but he has an intention to redeem him with the blood. So all the other meanings that will be made out of this blood is hinged on this word. That is the law of first mention, on the sacrifice. So all the blood that will be seen, if you go to Genesis chapter 4, and when Abel was killed, the blood was crying. And Hebrew says that there's a blood that cries, uh, speaks better things that of Abel. It culminates on Christ. So anytime you see the word blood mentioned, it means 
it connotes the meaning of sacrifice which culminates on Christ. And the scripture that we read from Exodus chapter 3, God has realized that his people are in difficulty. They are crying unto him because their taskmasters are oppressing them. So now he has revealed himself to Moses. And said, so Moses, come, let me send you back to Egypt, where you fled from. Go and deliver my people. But I'm giving you a task. As you are going, when you go to verse 12, chapter 12, you are going to gather all. The story in between is not uh, all that relevant, but that's why I've left that one out. You are going to gather all of them and instruct them. And they are going to slaughter an animal based on the number of people in the house. If there are not many, they can add another household to it. But the instruction is, they should kill an animal without blemish or without defect. The animal without blemish or defect in, in typology, Jesus Christ was sinless. He was the one who knew no sin. So he was the one who was made sin for us to be called righteousness in him. So the animal to be slain was a type of Christ. And it was an instruction. When you kill the animal, very simple instruction. Just use the blood. Smear the blood on the lintel and the doorpost. Very simple instruction. So it means the blood itself cannot redeem. Not until you have applied the blood on the doorpost. So when the angel of destruction gets to the place and is trusting all the first animals, when he sees the blood, when he sees the blood, I will pass over so that none of you will be destroyed. And in fact, when you are doing an exposition on this uh, scripture, it means if you are not obedient unto him and you don't accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, it means you don't have blood on you. So accepting Christ as Lord and personal Savior means that you have the blood on your lintel or your doorpost. So when the devil sees you, he recognizes you are very unique. That is why you are not consumed yet. Amen. So in effect, we are saying that the blood is very precious in the sight of the Lord. So we are saying over here is that in as much as obedience is attached to the smearing of the blood, we need to be very particular about how we smear the blood. The instruction is, just apply the blood on the lintel, the doorpost. And in so doing, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So this morning, as I'm speaking to the team, the blood is also as a sign unto you. When the devil sees the blood on you, he will pass over. And no, no calamity, no disaster shall befall you because of the blood. The blood that is without stain or any blemish. Amen. For want of time, I want to say that this blood that they use as a sign on the lintel and the doorpost, it became a memorial, a celebration, a festival. And Israelites, they have gotten four main festivals, and one of which is the Passover. And every year they celebrate it. And the process is that, and the process they put themselves in order, and the animal is slaughtered, they kill the animal. Then they don't uh, boil it, they, they roast. Then with bitter herbs, 
to, re, to remind them that they went through some difficulty or agony in Egypt. And as they are eating, their belt is on. And their staff is in their hand. Being ready to go. So every believer, the moment you are searching Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are on the move for Christ. Because your belt is on. And your staff is also in your hand. So always you are on the move for Christ. So as they were eating, they were to eat it hurriedly. So that uh, no calamity would befall them. Because they didn't know when the destroyer was passing by. And as they do so, what they were adding was bitter herbs. The bitter herbs just to let them remember that they were in agony. They were in difficulty in Egypt. So this commemoration of their Passover was to let them understand that they went through difficulty and in so doing, they were delivered or snatched out of the hands of Pharaoh. So when Jesus came, he also wanted to let them understand that they went to the same difficulty. So he also sent his disciples to go and prepare a place for the Passover festivity because he wanted them to recollect what they went through. So in the Old Testament, all we, was that were done in the Old Testament were a type of Christ or what is to come. Amen. So Jesus Christ is now the Passover lamb. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed unto us. So if Christ is our Passover lamb, a lamb without defect, a lamb without blemish, even Pilate himself attested to the fact that Luke chapter 18, verse 38, for I find no basis for a charge against this man. This means Jesus Christ was sinless. And he said, can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? Jesus himself said. Luke chapter 23, verse 47 says that, surely this was a righteous man. This was a righteous man. It means the blood that was slain on our behalf, the blood of Christ. That is why when we're singing the songs of the cross, uh, I was reflecting on this man because if Christ's blood has now atoned for me, has now justified me, has now made me sinless, it means I have to cherish this blood in a special way. So the blood has now become an atonement for our sin. I, want to, I will not go to the atonement concept, but I just want to mention them. Why the blood is that? Number one, it was to atone for their sin. The blood was to atone, atone for their sin. Matthew 26, 28 says that for that atonement, they were forgiven. For their forgiveness of sin, atonement, it means they were to be at peace with God. And the blood also has redeemed us. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 20, what we read. For Christ has been sacrificed as a ransom to redeem us. And the blood has also protected us because in Egypt, had it not been the blood, the Israelites might have been destroyed. But when you continue reading, even a dog, a single dog didn't even bark in their camp. Why? Because of the blood. They were protected, 100% protection. So as you are seated here, because of the blood, you are highly protected. You are highly protected because 
their blood is now making you, has made you different. So unique. So unique. So we are protected because of their blood. When I see their blood, I will pass over. So I will not strike you or I will not destroy you because you are covered. And we are justified because of the blood. When you talk of justification, you have been condemned to eternal damnation. But for Christ, he has written it off. And he says that now, like somebody who has been a book as or there's a docket that is waiting for him to be killed, condemned self. He's there. And one day somebody comes. He said, I'll cancel that docket. That is what Jesus Christ did for us. And he canceled that docket just as though we have not seen before. So justification simply means that as if you have not seen before, you have been justified because of the blood. So as we were sinners, Christ had to die for our sin. That is why in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says that the one who knew no sin was made sin for us to be called the righteousness in him. So as you are seated here, you are justified because of the blood. And when you are making some comparison between Jesus and us, when I was preparing the message, I was just making some uh, comparison between Jesus and us. Jesus suffered for our sake. So we were freed. You have your freedom because of the suffering of Christ. So we are freed because Jesus suffered. Jesus Christ was naked on the cross for us to be clothed. So now you are clothed because of the nakedness of Christ. Jesus Christ was shamed. He went through some shameful acts for us to be honored. He was maltreated for us to have our liberty. He became hungry for us to eat to the full. He cried on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. My Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? Last Friday I was telling you that because of the humanity of Christ, he suffered, he had the pain. But on the cross he cried for us to laugh. Now when you are a Christian, you are not suffering the faith of Christ. But because Christ cried, we are laughing. Christ died for us to live. So in him, we live. So if he died for us to live. It means when we also die, we also live with him. He was beaten. He was tormented for us to have our victory. This morning, even as we reflect on when I see the blood, consider this precious blood and reflect on it. Had it not been the blood, you and I, what would have been our fate or what would be our fate? Let's quickly look at the results of Christ's atoning blood. The result, the aftermath of Christ's atoning blood. In the first place, if you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So in effect, our sins are forgiven because of the blood. That is the aftermath, the result of the atoning blood. I do not be Jesus Christ or the blood of Christ will still be, be wallowing in that pattern of confusion 
be wallowing in the sin, but because of the blood, you and I are forgiven. Number two, we are purified from sin because of the blood. First John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So now we are purified. You are now holy. You are cleansed because of the blood. So please, as you are seated here, none of us here in Garden is a sinner. We can make mistakes, but the sin has been dealt with on the, on the cross. The sin, which is the Adamic sin, has been dealt with. However, you could make mistakes, but when you talk of the aftermath of the, of the blood, we are purified from sin. So the first Adam sinned, and the second Adam came to remove that sin. Therefore, you and I are purified because of the sin. Again, we are freed from sin. Now, certain things that when you were in the world, you couldn't overcome. Now, because of the blood, you are able to overcome. So you are freed from the blood. Not only that, you are also redeemed. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 to 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. It means you are redeemed because of the blood. Again, you are saved because of the blood. When I see the blood, I will not destroy you. Because of that, you are saved. As you are seated here, you have your salvation. So when we are taking new converts through the assurance of salvation, we tell them that the fact that they have accepted Christ as Lord and personal Savior, when they should die that very day, they are in the hands of Christ. So now you are assured that you are totally saved. Oh, amen. So we are saved because of the blood. Not only that, we are reconciled. We are reconciled with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We have been reconciled by the blood. We are far away. Once I was a sinner, saved by grace, once I was a sinner, saved by grace. My sins are gone, far away. Jesus has taken my bad sins away. Once I was a sinner, saved by grace. Once I was a sinner, saved by grace. So in effect... We are reconciled with God because of the blood. You were far away. You were far away. But because of the blood, we are reconciled with him. Not only that, we have peace with God. We are peace with God. Not only that, all other Christians are also reconciled with God through us because we have fellowship. The last one that I want to mention is that the power of the devil is destroyed because of the blood. Oh, hallelujah. The power of the devil is destroyed because of the blood. In Egypt, 
Pharaoh had purpose to destroy the people of God. But God in his infinite wisdom, with all his authority, he asked Moses to go and deliver his people. So as you are seated here, I told you already that you are protected. But here, the power of the devil is destroyed. On the cross, Jesus wanted to let people know. Satan thought that he was destroying Jesus. Though he was made, made naked, it was a spectacle unto the, the devil. So the nakedness that he was made, it was Jesus Christ, which is a type, is antithesis, which actually is a type of Satan. So Satan was naked for us to be clothed. So in effect, Christ was naked, but Satan thought that he was making Christ naked. But in effect, he was being, uh, it was being reversed unto him. So that power had been destroyed. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in it the same, that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So on the cross, it was rather to let the devil know that he has destroyed him totally. And to make an illustration for you to understand that you are not in the grips of the enemy because of the blood. As you are seated here, there's a sign on your forehead, your forehead. Wherever you go, the devil knows that you belong to, to Christ. So when there is sort of oppression, sort of temptations, remember that you are in a safe hands. And this big, normally I use this as illustration. I've made it here before. I just want to do it again. Maybe some were not around. This is a simple thing I want to illustrate with the blood being protection. Um, it's made up of about four or five components. This is the cover. This is what the, the, the tube is inside. And this is the tube. And the ink. You are the ink. I am the ink. Last Friday I told you that God's method is man. So he uses me to write. However, you alone, you are a free human being just enabled by the Holy Spirit. So now you are in Christ. So the Christ in you is the hope of glory. So now you are in Christ. I am in Christ here. And Christ is also in the Godhead, God the Father. So now, Christ is in God. Like this. And because the seal, who is the Holy Spirit, also covers you. The seal is here. And even angels. Angels are even around here. Angels are here. Uh, because if you go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, angels are the ministering spirits. Therefore, if angels are ministering to you, the Holy Spirit is a seal unto you. God the Father covers you then God the Son covers you. You are highly protected. Therefore, no enemy can snatch you from the hand of God. So when I see the blood, I will pass over. So you are in safe hands. Beloved, as I bring the message to an end, what I want to say is that because you are highly protected and because you are redeemed, because you are reconciled with God because of the blood, and because you are made holy because of the blood, and you have been sanctified, you have been justified, and in future you'll be glorified. Let us cherish the blood of Christ. Wherever you, you are going, wherever you are, remember that it was the, the blood that saved you. Therefore, 
Remember the blood. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.